Psalm 119. Uh, a couple quick announcements for you. Early camp registration, if your kids are going to camp, or if you're going to camp for that matter, uh, is due by the end of February, and then it gets more expensive. So get it in. Uh, you can mail it straight in, or you can give it to Katie, and she'll mail it in for you. That's what I do. So uh, uh, why not everybody else? Uh, don't forget about choir starting next month. And our next potluck is on February the 13th. Reminder, February the 14th is a day that you're supposed to do something nice for your sweetheart. So don't forget that. Unless you don't celebrate that, then sometime do something nice for your sweetheart. Every day's Valentine's Day in my house. <laughs> We're going to take the next several weeks uh, and go through Psalm 119 on Sunday afternoons. Of course, we're going through Psalms on Wednesday nights, and uh, if we're ever going to get done with Psalm on Wednesday nights, we had to find a way to get with Psalm 119 in there at some point. So um, Psalm 119 is broken down. It's eight verses at a time, and it's broken down alpha by the alphabet, uh, but nonetheless, not the American alphabet. Um, but So we're going to look at each of these sections, one, one section a week until we're through Psalm 119. And so today we're looking at the first eight verses. Psalm 119, starting in verse number one. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. They has commanded, thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned the right, thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Let's pray and then we'll look at these eight verses and then we'll go to nap time. So if you can bear with me for eight verses and then go to nap time. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for letting us come today. Thank you for the good food and fellowship that we had. Uh, thank you for the, the good day that we've had together. I pray that you'd help us now in these final minutes. Uh, Lord, as we look at these verses, I pray that you would uh, draw them to our hearts, that we would learn and grow from them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to see, first of all, a happy person. A happy person. And we see it here in the first couple verses of Psalm 119. And we see it that in order to be a happy person, it's what we've been talking about, you have to be an obedient person. Uh, you will not find true and lasting happiness if you're not obedient to God. You can find um, partial happiness. You can find uh, temporary happiness without obeying God, but you will not find fulfilling happiness. And it says there in verse 1, uh, Blessed are the undefiled in the way, those who walk in the law of the Lord. The obedient, most unsaved people, or even backslidden Christians consider the ways of God undesirable. Uh, you've maybe been here or you know someone who has. They see obeying God as kind of doom and gloom. They see all the no's. Oh, no gambling, no drinking, no smoking, no fun. What does it include? Boring sermons, dull people, so on and so forth. So if you flip around the... Uh, gain that you get from the things that the Bible teaches us to refrain from, 
you have to ask yourself, how fun are the hangovers? How fun are the diseases? How fun are the addictions? You see, it's not lasting fun. And usually it's not usually, it's always followed by some sort of um, what the Bible calls destruction, um, but harm. If you remember back in Daniel, uh, Daniel was one of the captors. He was cap taken captive. And uh, he was presented along with other young men as uh, uh, needing to be groomed to be uh, uh, something. And so they, they brought in this special diet, and boy, it was good eating. But the Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. And here we see in verse 1 that undefiled, blessed are the undefiled in the way. And it has that same, same connotation here as Daniel did where he made the decision, I will not do this because God does not want me to. The eating of the king's meat, most of the, the guys, at least that we can pull from Scripture here, most of them took the mindset of, ooh, this is good food. Uh, you know, this is, this, is our, this is our new life. And now we're going to get fed well. We're going to be pampered. Everything's going to be great. And Daniel and a few others, right, they made the decision, that's not what our God desires for us. They went about it the right way. But it came after the decision, I will not do what God does not want me to do. And that's what it comes down to, blessed. It has the idea of happy, uh, blessed, happy are the undefiled in the way, those who walk in the law of the Lord. Psalm 119 is, is, is a, a whole psalm really about what God's Word can do, what God's Word can make in us. If we read, if we study, if we follow, we'll get to all these verses. You're going to see a lot of verses about the law and the Word. And if we'll follow it, then we'll be undefiled in the way. And God says you can be blessed, you can be happy if you're obedient to the Word. A happy person in, in obedience, a happy purpose in, uh, person in purpose Verse number two, blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with a whole heart. So it still involves the obedience, but then we throw in the seeking. It's a purposeful searching out obedience, a purposeful searching out God's word for what he desires for me. There are people who when they hear it will follow it, but they're not going to go out of their way to hear it. I've always found that if I've missed church for a period of time and then come back to church, usually that first Sunday back, God really gets a hold of my heart. He really speaks to me. He really works in my life. There's usually a sermon or a verse or a point within the sermon that God just, I mean, He just he ties me down, duct tapes me to the pew, slaps me across the face with it a few times. Why is that? It's because there's a period of time where I wasn't searching, I wasn't seeking. And now that the, the Bible is being preached and I'm hearing it, it does what the Bible always does. It pierces through my heart. Too many people live life unhappy because they aren't searching for God. They'll come on Sundays and they'll come on Wednesdays but they're not searching. They're not reading on Mondays. 
praying on Tuesdays, and studying on Wednesdays, and reading more, studying more, praying more. They're not doing it. And so they go through the whole week miserable, and they come to church on Sunday, and they leave going, man, I really needed that. Maybe it didn't feel great, right? When, God, when God's uh, convicting us, it doesn't necessarily feel good. But the understanding of, man, I really needed that. I hear all the time from people who've been out of church for a long period of time and they come back and they'll say, you, you just don't understand how much I needed that. And I kindly go, you know, man, it's wonderful. But in my mind, I'm going, yeah. We all do. That's why we come. <laughs> That's why we make an effort. A happy person is, obeys. A happy person seeks. And then we also see a happy person in, in purity. Verse number three, and it goes along with obedience, right? But it says in verse three, they also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. It's about a pure heart. The old phrase goes, sin will keep us from the Bible and the Bible will keep us from sin. You got to pick one. You can't, it just doesn't work both ways, right? Uh, if you're, if you're going to be living in sin, you're probably not going to be reading your Bible. And the more you read your Bible, the less you will sin. Why? Because the more you read your Bible, the more you are connected with God, the more you are in conversation with God, the more you are in tune with God, and therefore you have more protection than you have otherwise. You're reading, and you're reading in, in, in what you would consider to be an obscure passage and all of a sudden, there's a verse right there in the middle of it that you go, oh my goodness, that's talking about me. Had you not been reading, it wouldn't have been there. Then you begin to make the changes, and you commit it to God, and you, you ask for forgiveness, and you do all those things, but it, it was a result of your reading the Bible. To have a pure heart, to have a pure mind, it, it has to be a, a heart and a mind that's constantly on God. And so happy are the undefiled. Happy are they that keep his testimonies. They also do no iniquity. That doesn't mean they're perfect, right? We, we understand. I hope we understand that. It doesn't mean that they're perfect and that they've never sinned and that they never will sin again. It's meaning that in their life, as they live, the characterization of their life is pure. And then when they, when they do sin, they get it taken care of. And they get back to where they're supposed to be. Then there are the other people who never get it taken care of and they just keep going. They still may go to church, but they're still sinning. And so that's what we're talking about, that happy person. God's word will make a happy person. Number two, God's word will make a holy person. We see here in uh, verse number five, Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. <clears throat> Excuse me. You need a desire to be holy. You will not be holy without a desire to be so. Now, there's more to it than just the desire. But you will not be holy if you don't desire to be holy. It's something you have to strive. It's something that you have to want. It's something that you have to desire. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. And then we see that God commands holiness, right? Verse number four, thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. But then we see uh, in verse number six, then shall I not be ashamed. Well, what, what happens for then to happen? Well, verse 5, the desire. 
We have the obedience. We have uh, the, the purpose. We have the purity, all those sorts of things. But then we get down to it. In order to be a holy person, I need the desire to be holy. And then I need to obey God. And then I shall not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. Well, if I respect all thy commandments, what does that mean? It's, it's obedience. It's the understanding. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to do it. If you respect your authority, what will you do? You'll obey them. Uh, if you respect your parents, you'll obey them. That's why we find it harder as Christians sometimes. I, I could argue most of the time in our country. It's hard to have respect for some people. But when it comes to God, it shouldn't be hard. Is there any, I'll use again the word man, more respectable than God? The answer is no, in case you were wondering. God commands holiness, but without a desire, it will not happen. And with the desire and then the obedience, then comes the holiness. And then lastly, in this passage, we see God's word will make us a happy person. It will make us a holy person. And then number three, it will make us a humble person. Verse number seven is a really intriguing verse. It says, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. Here the psalmist uh, uh, says an interesting thing, I think. He says, when... I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. We need to have an understanding that we're still learning. And if you're not humble, you will not understand that. We would all say we can learn more. I've never met a person who is foolish enough to say, I don't need to learn anything more about God or the Bible. But we also don't live like we still have things to learn. A lot of times we live and we act like we know it all. We got it. It's all good. I know enough. No, we need to have an understanding that we're still learning. Because he says here in verse 7, when I shall have learned, understanding I still need to learn. I anticipate learning. I plan on learning. I know that you have righteous judgments. I know that you are righteous. I know that you are just. And when I have learned it, I will praise thee with uprightness in my heart. And then in verse number eight, <clears throat> I will keep thy statutes, O forsake me not utterly. There's a longing, a desire, like we talked about being holy, to obey. And there's a desire for God to be patient. In verse 8, as he says, I will keep thy statutes. And then he closes with, oh, forsake me not utterly. Well, why does he say that? It goes back to his humbleness and understanding of who he is. A sinner trying to get better, working to obey. Seeking God, seeking to understand God, seeking to follow God, seeking to be holy as He is holy. But His humbleness 
brings him to the point where he says, oh, forsake me, not utterly. Why? Because I deserve to be forsaken. But I desire for God to be patient. God is more patient than we ever will be. And I met some patient people, but uh, God is more patient than we ever will be. But what a wonderful understanding here by the psalmist. And it's given to us by inspiration of God. He says, God, I'm going to obey you. I am obeying you. I'm, I'm striving for obedience. God, be patient. I'm a work in progress. It goes back to the fact that I still have to learn. And to be able to go to God and say, God, please be patient. It's not a, um, God, wait for me. I'm going to get around to it. No, he was active in his obedience. But he understood I still got a long ways to go. But God, don't forsake me. You think throughout the Bible at the different times where we read of people feeling alone. Hard, hard moments hiding in caves, going through physical ailments, uh, going through family struggles, going through all these different things. And we read about these men and, and women and they just their loneliness and then they're calling on God and in different circumstances, some in better situations spiritually than others. Uh, but still, here they sit and just, they look at God. Some of them say, God, just take me now. And then others say, God, spare. And then there's others who say, God, spare my loved ones. Be patient with them. God, spare my nation. Be, be patient with them. I look back at Lot. We're, I think we're going to get there at some point this year with Lot, but um, you look at Sodom and Gomorrah and you see, you know, um, that whole situation and, and the prayer being prayed, God, if you can find so many righteous, spare the city. And God said, okay, can't find them. And that number whittled down, whittled down, whittled down to eventually less than what was in Lot's family. There was that prayer for patience. God extends patience. There are times where eventually God says, enough's enough. And he goes through with what he's going to go through with. But for us to be in a constant mindset of, Lord, I ask you for patience with the understanding that I am working. I'm not just sitting around doing nothing. I'm not getting worse. I'm working. God, don't forsake me. I don't know about you, but when I'm praying, uh, when I'm working on being better, obeying more, uh, you know, I'm already praying and asking God for his help. But I've prayed God be patient. I've asked God to be patient with my kids. Uh, more, more with me, but I've asked him to be patient with my kids. I've asked him to be patient with our church. Uh, I've asked him to be patient with our country. But when I ask God for patience, it's not when I'm doing wrong. It's when I'm doing right. And I understand, God understands that I'm, I'm seeking. 
I'm working, I'm striving. But none of that happens until I'm in God's Word. God's Word is what makes me happy. God's Word is what makes me holy. And God's Word is what makes me humble. And if I'm not in God's Word, I will not be in a position to strive for God. It starts, I know we've said it, and I know you're tired of it, and you're going to be tired of it for the next uh, 11 months. It starts with the little things. Reading. I hate reading. I cannot express to you and explain to you how much I hate to read. I can't stand it. That makes it really hard for me. It's so simple to read God's Word. How much time is between you and God? How many verses that's between you and God? I'm happy to give you advice or counsel or anything like that, but, but ultimately it comes down to you and God. How much should I read? You've got to spend time daily reading. Get it in your mind. Meditate on it. Think on it. Mull it over in your brain. Write down questions. I don't understand this. My suggestion is you write down the questions you have and then you try to study it out first and then ask, what does this mean? Ask God, what does this mean? You'll be amazed. If you've never done it, you'll be amazed when you ask God, God, I don't understand this verse. And then you think on it, meditate on it like the Bible tells us to do. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, this is what it means. And you go, oh my goodness. That worked. <laughs> the Bible says that's what you're supposed to do. So let's do that. The little things. God's Word. It'll make you happy. It'll make you holy. It'll make you humble. Along with many other things that we'll look about over the next several weeks as we look at Psalm 119. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for letting us come today. Thank you for the time and song. Thank you for the fellowship around uh, the meal. Thank you for everyone who was able to bring things today. Thank you for those that joined us remotely. God, I pray that you'd strengthen us. Uh, I pray that you'd challenge us. Lord, I pray that we would get better. As we said this morning, Lord, how much sweeter would it be to see the whole church striving, moving forward? together. What will you accomplish through us? Lord, we just trust you with that. For we know your ways are far better than our ways and your thoughts are far higher than our thoughts. Lord, help us just to follow you, the simplest of things. And although it's simple, I know it's hard at times for us to be faithful in these things. So Lord, strengthen and help us. And God, I pray that we would have a true desire to draw closer to you. We have several young people in the building today, and Lord, I pray that you're, you would work in their hearts. I grew up in church, and I knew a lot about the Bible, but Lord, I know until, until I really just dedicated myself to you, there was so much I missed and so much I overlooked. And God, I pray that now they would see the importance of you, your word, May we as adults be the example to this younger generation. God, I pray that we would be a church full of godly adults teaching the younger. So, Lord, draw their hearts close to you. 
God, help us now. Keep us safe as we drive our separate ways. Heal those that are sick. Lord, bring us back together on Wednesday night. Lord, thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Thank you for this church that you've placed us in. Use us, we do pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for